Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Every few months, I like to check in with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, to see how the present administration is doing when it comes to religious liberty. What grade would he give their efforts? Lincoln, what about what's happening right now brings you hope, and what brings you a bit of concern? It's very hard for people to be truly subjective, and we, the onlookers, I think, need to make some judgments about a new administration. I made a comment recently in a sermon at a church. I didn't say anything highly disparaging. It's not my job to do so, and, and nor even yet do we quite know where this is all heading, but I made some illusion. And at a meeting on the weekend, a woman came up to me who'd been in that church, and she, oh, I've got an issue with you, she said. I've got an issue with you. You made a criticism of President Trump. And I said, well, sorry, I don't remember what I said. Oh, he's God's emissary. God's appointed him to lead this country. How dare you criticize him? And so she started to worry me a little bit. (laughs) But to placate her, I said, well, for what it's worth, it's even occurred to me lately that perhaps, like all presidents, God may use him to hold back some even worse things. That's true. (laughs) And she said, well, that's true. But, you know, God has anointed him. How dare you criticize? And I said, well, we'll see. But I said, the latest issue of Liberty Magazine has on the back cover a very nice quote from President Trump that he delivered at his first annual prayer breakfast. This was on February 2, 2017, and he said this, I want to express clearly today to the American people that my administration will do everything in its power to defend and protect religious liberty in our land. America must forever remain a tolerant society where all faiths are respected and where all of our citizens can feel safe and secure. Well, that's a good aspirational statement, and, and we hope that bears out. But I have to admit, if I look at what's done already, it troubles me a little bit. And not for the reasons that most people would think. I do believe that President Trump personally and his administration are set to do what they see as great things on behalf of religious freedom. But the nature of the alliance that they have made with major religious forces in this country, both Protestant and Catholic, mean that they are pushing for mainstream religious prerogatives. It's what I call religious entitlement Mm. rather than freedom. Mm. And it might not go so well for people on the fringes. It might not go so well for even uh, the general Islamic community who are being lumped together with the most radical proponents of their faith. It might not go too well for... uh, you know, really oddball, marginalized religious groups like Seventh-day Adventists, for example. Yes, yes, true. <laughs> no, but in the minds of some, we would be, yeah. where we ask for exemptions to allow for Seventh-day Sabbath worship and dietary regulations and so on. We're not in a tolerant era where those things are looked at kindly. And if the mainstream religious group don't see any value in it, I don't think this administration would be inclined to go out of their way to help that. What I hear you saying is that the statement is, you know, we will have religious freedom, and, oh, here, by the way, is the religion that you will have the freedom to be. Am I on the right track of saying that? I don't think they're ready to say that, but that's the subtext, yes. Or put it another way, 
America will become great again when it finds its sort of generic Christian faith. Mm. And that's sort of how they might administer that. One thing that I found rather uh, sad, one of the lawyers for the American Center of Law and Justice, a well-known person, I probably shouldn't name him, you know, he's defended religious liberty, sometimes from a narrower point than I would like, but he's been very aggressive. He's joined the administration, and now I see him reduced to arguing the finer points of whether or not the Russians sat down with the group before the election or after or whatever. I think it's emblematic of how religion has been trivialized by being embraced by an administration that in many ways don't seem to understand religion. You know, there's a, there's a good parallel to Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament. He waxed hot and cold between being a persecutor and a protector. Yes, he did. And in neither situation did he seem to understand very clearly what he was dealing with. So there's a great need to educate our uh, administration, and hopefully Liberty Magazine helps do that. But just to have a willingness to protect religion, if it's ill-informed or uninformed, it could be as dangerous as someone who's antagonistic to religion. Maybe it's the word we're using. Maybe it's not that we should protect religion because some people don't have a religion. Am I on the right track saying that? Well, of course. You've done this long enough to know that that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Religious freedom is the, the right to believe whatever you want or nothing at exactly, all. Exactly, exactly. You exactly. to be respected and protected in that. So I think when Trump is saying we're going to guard religious freedom, he is assuming that everybody has a religion of some sort. Right. Yeah. Which is ironic because there's not much evidence of his public religion. No. He's a very secular person, and I don't think if he was listening, he would push the beat button and challenge me much. And that's not a bad thing to not have a religion as a president. That's not a bad thing. When you're talking theology, that might be uh, problematic. But when you're talking a construct of religious freedom in a secular society, he has every right. I can't challenge that whatsoever. You know, what I just said, there's going to be a lot of people that will take umbrage of that. When I said it's not a bad thing for our president not to have a religion, why would I say that, Lincoln? I've talked to you for a long time. Why would I ever say that? Well, it's always the best if our leaders have a deeply held spiritual uh, life that informs their public dealings. Mm -hmm. But very often, a religious view leads someone to tilt off against other religions or to restrict things they're not comfortable with. So it could be better if someone is purely secular, because the, the U.S. Constitution is designed to be a secular document mm -hmm. and create a separation between church and state. And if it's a hands-off approach, constitutionally applied, that's safe for religion. There's no problem at all there. You clarified that beautifully. Thank you. Well, okay, we're continuing our discussion here with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. We're talking about what the administration is doing, how well they're doing. So I'm hearing you say, from what I've heard, that if you gave a report card grade to what's happening here, you have some good points there, and there are some things you're, that are concerning. Would, would I say a B or a B-plus, maybe? Probably. Yeah. And I'd probably make the comment that I had, well, I had some teachers make similar ones to me, but... He's capable of more. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before. Johnny is trying, very trying. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, my. No, I think there's an intention there, and I'd, I'd, I'm willing to grant them that it's not cynical, but it comes from a, a politically active form of religious persuasion in the mm-hmm. U.S. that in the past has shown itself a little bit tone-deaf to some of the minorities. Yeah. And as I say, uh, this lawyer, I'll name him, Jay Sekulow, you know, one of their heroes, and he's pushed well for many of their particular causes. But it's interesting to see him sort of subverted into a civil servant with, yeah. with other concerns. It's interesting to see their readiness to undo the Johnson Amendment, which we discussed on this program before, right. yes. to remove all the barriers to church activity. And, and you only have to study history to know that that will sort of empower churches to become little medieval bureaucracies like the Catholic Church was that eventually cooked up the Inquisition. Yeah, little super PACs, too. Right. It's clearly a work in process at the moment. But there are many things going on. And, and, and one thing that no one talks about, and I'm not sure that, that President Trump controls this much, but this whole dialogue and vilification of, of Russia and whether or not they were involved and so on, is actually having a very direct negative impact in Russia on religious freedom. Mm, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because their law there designed against terrorism is, is being tweaked by who we don't know, but elements within the Russian government to be used as an instrument against foreign religions as they see them. So the more the antagonism between U.S. government and Russia works up, then I think you can see more cases like the Jehovah's Witnesses that were outlawed recently in Russia. Is that the tip of the iceberg? Is that the direction we're going? And, and how much of a leap will it be from Jehovah's Witness to Lutherans or Seventh-day Adventists? Probably not too far to Seventh-day Adventists, but there's, you know, we're not particularly uh, expecting trouble. But, but any uh, group that is different from Eastern Orthodox, or put another way, from a Catholicism, because in reality the difference between Eastern Orthodox and Catholic is more uh, religio-political than anything, you know, issue of supremacy of the Pope and so on a thousand years ago. <laughs> but liturgical style is familiar, so they're, they're more likely to go after the... Uh, the freelancing type of religions that are more modern and and more foreign and more American. Well, in the light of this, when we see what's going on, uh, anything that we can do in our churches, uh, locally, in our communities to help? We can, as this lady, in a strangely partisan way, was suggesting. We we do need to pray for uh, this whole administration, President Trump and all those that he gathers around him. I don't, for a moment, think that they are directly appointed by God a lot of this is cause and effect, and people choose their loyalties and their agenda, and God blesses or curses according to what they do, not just the fact that they're there. But there's a great chance, as always, for the leadership in a, in a free republic, a free democracy, or a representative government, technically, mm-hmm. to lead the way toward a greater civil and religious freedom. They can't be separated. We can't have a repressive, more... Uh, guarded society, and then a flourishing religious life. So uh, making America great again, I think, is to unleash the spirit that made America great, which was trust in God, friendship and respect for other people, and a a boundless optimism that I think only a larger vision of life beyond the here and now can provide. Oh, even as you say that, I say that is lost. That is just vanishing in this country, and I don't like it. I don't like it. And no administration can push the magic button or wave the magic wand and change it, but I think they can lead the way, as as, uh, has been said before. It's the bully pulpit. 
that is most powerful on the presidency or any public position, I think. Not the, the ability to sign this or that grand reform, but to show the way by action and to uh, encourage and speak directly to the people as Franklin D. Roosevelt did. That was the secret of his presidency, yes. the fireside chat. Yes. The connection with the people and their uh, aims and ambitions. Now we have the fireside Twitter, am I right? <laughs> well, we'll get into that. We won't get into that. Then. I mean, i got to give credit to this new president. You wouldn't know by his age where he's coming from, because this t whole Twitter thing and the electronic communication is a generational thing generally. Yes. I'm not so sure that a little electronic keyboarding substitutes for direct interpersonal contact. Mm -hmm. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. LibertyMagazine.org is the website. Thank you, Lincoln, for sharing your heart today. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs> <laughs>